Welcome to Three Blondes, One Battle. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you guys? We're, I'm good. I'm good. Excited to be here with you girls. Uh, now that summer's winding down. Yeah, almost back in school. Woo, woo, who's excited? These moms are excited. <laughs> 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 oh lord um but yeah we uh we thought we would come on here today and talk about a topic that um you know it it affects a lot of uh folks around the world when it comes to invisible symptoms and invisible you know they talk about invisible diseases and what people think when they when they think those two words, they typically think like depression or anxiety or, you know, those are kind of the norm. I don't know when it comes to mm-hmm. multiple sclerosis. I don't think that people think MS uh, equates to invisible because what I think of when I think, and when you're diagnosed, what do you, okay, I'll, I'll ask you guys, what do you think of when you think, oh, she's got MS or he's got MS. What do you think? What's initially the first thing that comes into your mind? Um, I would say for myself, um, looking back when I was diagnosed, mm-hmm. yeah. um, in that, in that setting, I thought of, you know, um, horrible, like walking problems because of vertigo, like very visible, but to me, uh, like having it, it didn't feel in my mind. I was like, okay, like people really can't see this. I like, nobody really sees what goes on it. And it felt invisible. Um, Wait, but I you were think- first diagnosed. That's what you first thought of was invisible. You weren't scared. You thought, oh, people won't even notice. No, I think you, know you come to realize that. Yeah. But that's not when you first think. You what think do you, you're just going to be you debilitated. Correct. You think of the people in a wheelchair. You think yeah. of like yeah. the worst of the world. Like you're like, great. I'm no, I'm not going to walk anymore. Like- you know, it's crazy when I was diagnosed, um, like I, I had horrible symptoms and it was very visible scene that mm-hmm. even the doctors I was dealing with were acting like, no, that's, that's just in your head. So I was thinking my head, like in my, in my mind, I was like, okay, like, am I, is this like really happening? Like, I know what's happening, but when I was diagnosed, but when I was diagnosed, my first thought what the heck is multiple sclerosis? Like what are autoimmune diseases? What, what did I miss in health class? Because I don't even remember even hearing about these things. And it's kind of weird. The feeling that came over me, like I was very like, someone believed me, but then at the same time, I'm like, what the heck does this even mean? Like, is my life ruined? Do I have to like change everything in my life? Like, what is my future going to hold? And the the thought that you, you guys just said about, um, being a wheelchair base is when I, when I, my parent, well, my mom and my sister heard it and my mom knew it, what it was. And she just started, started crying. Mm-hmm. And that instantly in my mind, I'm like, Oh crap. Like, okay, this is like some serious, like, this isn't just, Oh, these are it's multiple sclerosis. It just, a, at first it was just words. But when I saw reactions, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. what the heck does this mean now? Yeah, like, you start Googling it and then you find all of the worst of the worst. But it's, yeah. it's, I guess my point is it's all of the seen things, right? Like when you think of MS, you think of 
um, the things that you can see, which therefore gives another person looking in on you empathy towards you, right? Because they can see it. They feel bad for you. They feel um, like they need to cut you some slack. They maybe will be more apt to do things for you because they see the things, right? Um, and, and of course, you know, in the journey of this ailment, you may or may not, you know, come to that point where you can now see what's going on, um, neurologically and within, you know, your central mm-hmm. system, you, maybe you won't, you, maybe you won't, but I think that the primary, um, kind of issues when it comes to MS are, are, unseen. are invisible, are unseen. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, especially in the times you, we, you know, we do have, there are times where you have, um, inflammation or a relapse and they're, they maybe become more visible or they're more interfering with your daily quality of life where other people may notice that you're changing your daily activities or your, what you're, you're doing, but even up close, even with your person, your closest family and friends, um, I think some of them, like I know for my own experience or my own journey with MS, the invisible symptoms, um, are definitely, you know, just the most, like has been in more, most impactful in my MS journey. And it's interesting just relating with different people in my life, um, through that lens. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, MS is a very individualized disease. And so everybody is going to have a different journey, but I think it's important for our friends and family and those that don't understand kind of what could happen. I think that it's good to talk about it. So you do know that, Hey, there's days that you're not going to be able to tell because either a, our ego won't allow it or B, like, we just, we're not negative people. So we don't Mm -hmm. want you to, we we don't want, we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. We don't want to put it out there, but, but we would appreciate if you just knew, right. And you, and how can you just know, unless we have a podcast like this, or unless you do some hardcore research and, and we share with you some of those um, those things that could be happening um, that we try to right. hide and make make ourselves feel normal by by hiding, if that makes sense. By hiding it, yeah, yeah. So I, okay. I really like you know thinking of it from head down to toes. So when it comes to some of the things that you know, um, uh, sim- invisible symptoms symptoms Mm -hmm. yeah like cognitive is a big one so cognitive brain fog brain brain fog concentration Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh not being yes concentration is huge not being able to focus on one item and Mm -hmm. uh, you know people make fun of me that my brain is scattered all the time is on ms i don't know like it could be or it could just be a nikki thing which there that right there says you know Sometimes it might not be MS. Sometimes it could just be you're yeah. a weirdo, right? Like you just have, you know, you're just. Yeah, you're I, like- but there's an element to that. In fact, I was just thinking the other day, my son's getting a little bit older and he's being impatient with me. There's been a couple of times where he's like, mom, what are you talking about? Pay attention. Or he'll say something to me like, and I'm like, but he, like, I don't think I've, I realized, especially um, thinking about this particular practice that we're doing, I realized I'm not really good at communicating my invisible symptoms to my family. No, me neither. I 
people are dating. Well, it's funny that you say that because Logan and I, like we've talked about it and it's really hard. Like it is not easy to like have that communication because, and I told him, I'm like, it's so hard to find the words to describe what I'm going through. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes there's no words and sometimes I just need you just to be there. Like Mm -hmm. it's hard to, I know it has to be super confusing on your part, but it's hard to talk about. It's hard to have those like constant like reminders when you just want to live life, when you just want people to know, you don't want to keep bringing it up. Like it gets, it wears on you, especially when those tough days hit, like it just feels like it's so heavy that you're like, I just wish I didn't have to repeat it again. I just wish it would just click and Mm -hmm. people just knew, but you know, it's a hard balance. It really is. I still struggle with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it, and for those that aren't married, it's super hard telling your new, like the person you're dating oh. about it or, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's hard to explain. It's like, you want to be fully present, but your mind is on up and it's not because you're being rude. It's not because it, it's, it's just, it just is like, it's just something that we manage and brain fog. I mean, you know, um, yeah. putting, you know, putting your yeah, I mean, cell phone in the fridge, like, or, you know, just doing weird things. Like you're not doing it on her. Like you're just like, there's something about that brain fog that you just do weird things sometimes. And I think it, it gets frustrating. Like for me, it, it's gotten to a point that I just get so frustrated. I'm like, why can I remember? Like remembering is really, is really hard for me. Like remembering, like years back oh. I can't even go that far back and it's it yeah me so back mm. because when people are like oh don't you remember this like we I'm like and sometimes I just play along because I don't want to explain sometimes because one I feel embarrassed two it's like a shock to me like oh my gosh like I why can't I remember this or like things around the house I'll like put stuff I'm like I know I put the, I put it here And I feel like a crazy person. Like one thing for me that I do, I've been trying to be very good about it. So when I like wash my hands or like, uh, like take a shower, I always take my wedding ring off and I always try to put it in the same place. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Sometimes I'm thinking, Oh, I'll remember where I put it. Oh no. I'm going around my house, like a mad woman. And my husband's like, hun, you put it right here. And I'm like, I look there like why? I'm like, I'm just going to go walk away. I'm going to go have a little time out right now because I'm a little overwhelmed yeah. because I'm so frustrated with myself. Yeah. It's super frustrating. I think having a calendar, like I, you know, if I don't write it on this calendar on my wall right here, it do, it's not going to happen. And then if it's, if it's on my phone, but it's not on the calendar and I, I, if, if it's not, you know, I'll just, I won't remember. And it's not because we don't care about those people. It's not because we don't care about yeah. the appointment we have. We literally just don't remember. I, you know, that actually makes me feel a little bit better that yeah. you don't remember your past. Remember when Tara, I think a couple of weeks ago, she's like, Nikki, I like planned your wedding with you. And I'm like, oh. what? <laughs> like, what? It's like, yeah, like, I don't, I barely remember the birth of my son. Do you think that I like saying that out loud? Like, no, it makes me sad, but this is all part of the cognitive yeah. stuff that like, I just, whether it was, you know, where we put the wedding ring today or whether it was the birth of an amazing yeah. moment of our lives that we don't remember, it has nothing yeah. to do with whether we want to or not, it just is. Is. And I think those are the kind of things that, 
you know, no, that might be just end up becoming who we are, but people don't associate it with MS to us. Like they don't think, oh, she's got yeah. MS. She might, you know, I think it just, you know, just, and we can go through some of the other invisible things. I mean, that cognition and that displays in so many different areas, whether it's slower processing through making dinner or a recipe or organizing something for our kids, or even people that still have to deal with MS and work full-time in their work environment. I don't do that, but I think about back in my twenties, right when I was diagnosed, I mean, there's some other invisible symptoms I felt played in more with my MS and working, but I'm curious, you know, just for the people out there that work and, and how that cognition plays into, um, working and that invisible where they're not associating that, but they're just thinking, like you need to get that project done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Cause we don't, we don't work in the workforce. Right. Like all three of right. us have our own at home jobs. And so I, I don't know. I mean, that would be so difficult because that boss of yours may think you're just being freaking lazy or, you know, that you're no longer a good employee. And so I think that, you know, having a good work space, a work environment, working with and for people that you enjoy, that you can literally sit down and talk. I mean, when I was working in National Guard Bureau, Dr. Erbauer, like he you know, I worked for doctors, so they understood I could sit down and have this conversation with them and they would understand. So I don't right. know yeah. how it would be if you're I think in that's like the one thing, like you were just talking about, like, you know, we have like our own businesses at home and it really showed me that, you know, whatever, if you are working a nine to five, Sometimes that nine to five might be that toxic place that is just fueling your MS. And sometimes it's hard to have that talk with yourself. Like, is this worth it? Is it really worth being at this job? Because there are so many jobs out there, especially nowadays. Like it blows my mind, like the possibilities of bringing it in. And, you know, sometimes because we're so drilled growing up, like, you know, you wake up, you get ready, you go out the door, you go to a job, you work, you come home, you do it all over again. And I feel like now we're in a society, like there's more to life than that. And especially having an MS, like, don't you guys feel like it, you saw, you saw like a whole different outlook to life, like trying to, um, go after life a little bit differently, even though you didn't know what it was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, well, when you brought that up, I mean, I will say, I think that being, um, having my own, being home with the kids or having my own schedule, not being, um, under in a work environment, I think lended to lends to my MS and, you know, how I've done well. I mean, I don't say well, but just, I feel like it's helped me manage my MS better than if I were to have, were to be going into work. I mean, I, so under that um, constant stress. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I if know. you are and you can't like financially afford to not do that, I would just encourage asking if it's, it's a type of, is it something that you could telecommute? Can you talk to them about telecommuting? Now with that will come the cognitive issues of having to plan your own day, having to make sure you get it done because- I know for me, like I still deal with that. And I still, you know, even working for yourself, you have to be on some sort of schedule, otherwise you won't get anything done. So, I mean, it's a, it's a catch 22, right? Like you're still going to have to work, but there's nobody breathing over your neck. Um, and kind of make, there's no stress really. I mean, working for yourself, otherwise you got to schedule times to do your, although, 
Right. And yes. that kind of, so we've been on the cognition with that lens, which I think is probably the biggest invisible sign, at least for me, at least the fatigue. And I think, um, so that is another invisible sign that I think pretty much I feel like is almost universal with most MS patients. What to what, and there it differs probably to the level people experience it. But at some point, I think if you have MS, you've experienced an underlining um, invisible symptom oh, of yeah. fatigue. Sure. Yeah. Like, what does it look like for you? So, like, obviously, I've had adrenal fatigue before. Like, that was hell, and I got my boobs out, and it went away. But. Um, is that kind of how it feels <laughs> those darn implants, but I mean, it was, it was rough that whole year. Like I've never experienced fatigue like that. So I don't experience it like that with MS. Like I just, my legs get fatigued. So I have to sit a little bit more often than the average person. What does it look like for you guys for fatigue? So for me, um, it wasn't until I started taking care of myself that I started realizing certain factors that I was doing was aiding into my fatigue, making it mm -hmm. worse, and mm -hmm. switching like my foods, not saying like, I don't enjoy food because I am food. Like, it's funny. My husband, he knows when I get hangry, like I eat at least every two hours minimum. I'm constantly eating. And he laughs because he knows like, I, I'm not the type of person that I'm going to hide what I eat at all. But when I started realizing that sugar was a huge, 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 huge factor mm -hmm. into it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. especially like coffee, like coffee is not a bad thing whatsoever. It's how much mm -hmm. like you consume, like what you put in it. Sure. And especially, you know, like those Starbucks drinks, like you see them all over, you know what I mean? Sure. Everybody's showing their Starbucks drink, you know, yeah. whatnot, but that's fine. But I realized that my sugar intake was excruciating high, aiding into my fatigue, making me feel like crap. crap. Um, mm -hmm. I wasn't getting balanced, like, especially protein wise, but I realized that my body wasn't, it needed help. Like I was yeah. very deficient in my body. And so I added a whole different regimen and it's been a huge, the biggest game changer. Like you, Nikki, like my fatigue is really starting to come from like my, it's from my legs, like really just out of sorts, can't really walk. It's just very fatigued. Mm -hmm. Um, my mind wise, like, because I am really helping myself in those areas, it's gotten so much better than what I was doing before, but it's a lifestyle. Like yeah. you have to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Diet definitely plays into fatigue, but what do you, yeah. what do you think? Sarah? I would, well, I would say for sure. I have noticed that over the 20 years of having a mess, um, I've experienced different types of fatigue. I've experienced the fatigue that you can sleep all night. I wake up and I still feel tired. Like I, I've had, I definitely oh, yeah. know that. Um, and fatigue is different. Like the MS fatigue is definitely different than I just, um, you know, I don't even know, like went to the park all day with my kids and had like such a busy day. And then you, it makes sense to be tired at night, right? You woke up at whatever time you had a full day and then you're tired at night. Like fatigue is just like that underlining like sense of low energy mm -hmm. that even if you slept, you would still have it, which is, it's just kind of like just this like bizarre yep. thing. Um, but I will say like, I definitely notice, um, I can always tell, like it, 
I have more energy when I'm eating better. I definitely, since I've paid more attention to my diet and I've ebbed and flowed with being gluten-free and dairy-free and um, eating less sugar. I, at the times that I'm eating more clean and healthy, I yeah, feel better. I guess most people would probably say that, right? It, it does impact, it impacts our living. And I, you know, I take now um, doTERRA, um, lifelong vitality pack. And that was a huge, I don't know what vitamins I was missing in my body, but that was a huge game changer. I definitely notice when I take it, when I don't, um, that was like a, I feel like a kind of pivotal, like shift in my energy level. Um, but even when I'm optimally like eating and taking my vitamins and, and drinking a gallon of water a day, um, probably at a half gallon now, I still have an underlining fatigue. I still have, have it. I can still have a little bit of it. And I, I don't, I don't feel like it's ever completely gone away. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it will ever go away. Don't you like, I still like deal with that kind of stuff, but don't you feel like when you like do certain things, like you feel like you can do a little bit more, even though like that fatigue is still like there, like, I feel like I can do a little bit more now than I could do before. But like you were saying, Tara, like that fatigue is there. It's, it's, it's not feeling tired. Like it's a whole different, yeah, it's like, not tired yeah. at all. Like our minds are yeah. super busy. We're not t- quote unquote. Tired. Right. And I always that, say to my husband, I'm like, I'm not tired. Like I want to go to bed tired. No. I just feel, I just need to rest my body. Like my legs. I'm just, I, so we use the word tired, but it's not the way that the world looks at tired. It's more right. Like, and that's where the weird word fatigue comes in. And oh, I, we, you're not going to say, Oh, you're not going to say I'm fatigued right now. No, it comes out as like, no, my legs are just tired. I'm tired, They're not, tired. My legs aren't tired. They're fatigued. So, right. Um, yeah. So I think that, you know, over my journey, I've definitely kind of my norm now is I do take, a, I take more breaks. I work from my phone, thank God. So I might be laying on the couch, but I'm still working, right? You wouldn't be able to do that if you were working in nine to five. So how would you, how would you be able to rest while you're working? So that- that comes back in that, yeah, it's a little mm-hmm. harder if you're working a nine to five with the fatigue um, because of all the changes and, you know, the lesions in your ears, in your central nervous system, who knows where they are. And I think that a lot of us will deal with that the rest of our lives. And so just being open about that with our family and friends and our coworkers, like, no, I just need a second. I just need a second. <laughs> like, I just need to like sit for a second. It's not because you're annoying me. It's not because I don't love my life. It's because I'm, my, I'm fatigued and I hate it. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I, well, Nikki, to your point, I was just going to, I was just thinking about what you were saying to that point. I think, and especially just when I've been thinking about this past couple of days, I'm like, I need to do a better job of communicating. Like just that communication and talking to those loved ones around us a little bit better about the, not just um, holding it on our own, like, or the ego or just like, mm-hmm. it, you know, not um, ex- yeah. you, explaining a little bit more about what's going on or why, you know, why you're feeling the way you're feeling or what you're doing, you know, why you're not, um, you know, like you said, some people I think with MS, you know, can have the, you know, oh, they must be lazy or, you know, like, and if we're not communicating that, I think that could be an assumption on even our love, you know, not our loved sure. ones, but I don't know. You know, I just think yeah, that stigma of laziness, yeah. um, yeah, that ha- that's, you know, our society is a driven, motivated uh, culture. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to be labeled lazy. I mean, that's like, you know, no one wants to be called lazy, but, um, if we're not communicating and talking, I think that's easily, you know, that can be, I don't know. I think that can be hard for 
Yeah, totally. And another kind of invisible symptom is I don't manage it, but I know you guys do with your eyes. So you might not typically see, you know, uh, somebody like having issues with their eyes, but that is like exhausting. It's exhausting when you go through it. Um, do you guys have eye issues or is that just kind of an, if you have an attack? Uh, for um, me, I, mine mm -hmm. pretty persistent, ahead, especially, um, especially if I'm feeling like stress plays a big part, right. Especially like our symptoms and stuff. And mm -hmm. sometimes when mm -hmm. I'm not feeling like I am stressed, but like subconsciously, like I am, and I'll realize it because my vision will start getting blurry. I'll get the spider lines and then it'll get really, really bad. And then I'm like, okay, like it's the reflection to me, like, okay, I got to stop what I'm doing. I need to go relax. I need to do something for myself to mm -hmm. chill out, like journal, write down, just try to brain dump as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And this year, like I I told my husband, like, I'm going to do everything that I can to be better at communicating with you. Like, it's very uh -huh. hard to talk about this because I want to keep living a life. I want to feel like I'm normal, even though there's no such thing as being normal, but that has really helped a lot. Um, but yeah, like it's a hard balance. Like when the eye problem starts arising, what about you, Tara? Yeah. I mean, I, I have had vision changes when I, my body is heated more like when I'm going, like where was running, um, uh, I would have vision changes. And sometimes when I'm tired of reading and I don't know if that's just my eyesight changing, but I do have that, but nothing, um, nothing more than that. It happens when I'm, then my, my concentration can falter, um, a lot more than I think my vision, like that's my vision. Um, so I think that's even when I'm reading this has to do with concentration over my, my visual changes. So, but I mean, it happens. I mean, that would be an invisible symptom that people might, you know, like even, you know, that someone might experience for sure. Um, and yeah. someone around, you know, those around them might not even notice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all of the, um, these take a huge amount of energy to cope with. And that's what people don't also see is if you're right with the fatigue, the eyes, the cognitive issues, um, we didn't pain. cover pain, pain. Yeah. That's yeah, what I was going to bring up next. Yeah. It's exhausting trying to, you know, manage that silently. Um, yeah. And, and when you say throughout my journey, I can count on how many hand, like pretty much most people would be like, Oh, you know, you look so great. I didn't even know you had MS. I mean, most people, mm -hmm. you know, that's their response. Even friends like, Oh, I always forget you have MS. You don't talk about it and you don't bring it up and mm -hmm. you, you look fine. Mm -hmm. So I think that underlining theme where I, I probably would say most MS patients might experience where someone might say that, you know, or a yeah. lot of, you know, a lot of, just that, oh, and how do we deal, you know, like just thinking about that, how do we, um, yeah, handle that or deal, does that bother, so I have a question for you guys, like, does that bother you guys when someone says that to you, like, not bother you, or how do you, how do you feel like that impacts you when someone's like, you look fine, are you, I don't even know, or, you know, you look fine, right? you look fine. Yeah, um, oh, wait, are you guys shoot no you're good oh, okay um, for me um when i was very first diagnosed 
um, it really made me angry because to me, it, I felt, uh, no one believed me, like Mm -hmm. nobody took me serious. And, you know, I was a part of like a lot of MS groups and I saw that a lot in there, but we talked about in previous podcasts that I had to get out of those groups because Mm -hmm. I realized that, you know, people want other people to feel good. And people want to say kind things to make you feel better. Not meaning that they're, um, now there are some people out there. I'm not saying that there aren't, but I'm just saying major- I feel like majority of people are coming from a good place, good place. Mm-hmm. and they don't mean it shit or anything. So once I kind of took a step back and really realized that, you know, people are just trying to be kind and make you feel better. And it's not meaning in a, like a negative way. And once I really started doing that, it really opened the door to communicating with people. And when people say that, like, I don't instantly like snap at them like I used to, because it would really startle them. And I look back, like they weren't really coming from a malicious place. They were just trying to make me feel better because I deal with this on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you you can't control what people say. You can't control what people are going to act or anything, but you can control your actions. You can control what you're going to say back to them. So I always come back and like, you know, being very kind to them, but I give it like, it's an opportunity for me to be educating them because they really don't know. And it always comes back like, well, I really appreciate, like, I had no idea, like, that is insane that that's what you deal with and you still show up every single day of living life. Like, and it's amazing hearing that feedback from them because they, they don't really know like what we go through. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't really care when people say that. I mean, it doesn't really offend me. Um, and I don't, and yeah. you know, just that saying alone, I don't think that they think I'm lazy, but in other aspects of my life, yes, I feel like um, they might look at my lifestyle and think that I'm lazy, but it's in fact, I'm protecting myself because I do know what could happen if I don't stay chill. And if I don't take breaks and if I, right, you know, it's, it's explaining that to them, that the way that you live, the way you do is to protect yourself. Honestly, it's, it's right. your autoimmune, you know, issues at bay and your immune system happy. <laughs> like that's why, yeah. um, that's a great, that's a great point, Nikki. And, and to your point, Bobby, too, I feel the same way. Like, I think it's an opportunity when someone, you know, brings up your MS or brings up or didn't know you have MS and somehow gets brought up, like just to talk about your journey or educate people and communicate, especially, you know, someone new coming into your life or a friend or, you know, um, something like that. So, yeah. So uh, some of the other things that we didn't talk about are like, um, strange sensory issues with your skin. So like the numbness, the burning, mm-hmm. some people have like intense burning. pins and needles. Um, I mean, I couldn't imagine the tingling. Yeah. The pins and pins needles. And needles. <laughs> okay. I have to share something funny about that because my husband laughs at me and it drives me nuts, but I can't control it. So when that numbness and tingling happens, especially because it, 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 it impacts my whole body, but especially with my legs and mm-hmm. it will, it'll attack maybe like my whole leg or a certain part at that moment. But if it's a certain part in my mind instantly, I feel like there's a bug on me. So what do I do? I slap myself every single time. Um, it freaks me out. And I'm oh like, my oh my goodness, gosh, like, Bobby. Bobby, chill out. it's just like your numbness and tingling happening, but it's an instinct reaction 
because you know I grew up in the country so like bugs and all that stuff that's all around so when it happens I just like smack myself so I know now why I have so many bruises on my legs it's because of that and so you're smacking you yourself <laughs> yeah does that happen oh it, it drives me nuts like it's such it like a, daily oh yeah all the time all the time wow so yeah, so I mean that's exhausting. So here's some more things that are exhausting. I right? Mean, it's like, and I, yeah. Oh, it's so exhausting. Um, I feel like our my internet's coming in and out, so I'm trying to hang in there. Hopefully the recording's fine. Um, but the bladder and bowel issues as well, like mm -hmm. that's definitely silent. Like we don't talk about it unless we have to. Um, we as females having uh, managing MS, we definitely deal with more urinary tract issues. We deal with more, you know, everything's internal. It's so we're so unlucky in that sense, and so we do deal with all those silent, you know, issues as well. So that something else that um is definitely I mean 80% we talked about this last week with urinary issues 80% of us that I mean you can tie it right things like oh I don't sleep at night uh, I don't really think that's MS related but if you say I'm having retention you know with your like okay yeah that's MS related so right um mm -hmm. that's something you can educate like you were, yeah especially like pain insomnia like people like you know, they, I never even realized it until I brought it up to my doctor and I was like, oh, that makes sense now. Like, wait, what is it? Pain insomnia. Cause I have like so much spasticity oh, happening yeah. throughout the night that mm -hmm. I, I wake up and then my bladder is like, oh, let's go to the bathroom. And then I sit, I'm like, okay, I don't need to go to the bathroom. So I go lay down. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you go to the bathroom. I'm like, it's just a back and forth. Like it drives Vicious me crazy. You're really cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that we're talking about it like we always do on our yeah. podcast. And so they- I love it too. I I love it. So now you know you're not alone. Now you know how to talk to your friends and family about it. And if like you can't explain it, just have them listen to this podcast and we'll explain it for you. <laughs> because yeah, that's a great idea, Nikki. Yeah, because that is what we all manage. We're not, we, you know, it's not just one of us. It's not just two of us. It's all three of us. So random chance, I don't think so. I think it's pretty much the diagnosis and what we battle and um, it is what it is. And so you just have to be honest and um, share it with your loved ones and it makes it communicate. Yeah. yeah talk about it and not right. Not try to carry everything on our own shoulders, like, and to cover, you know, just, to, you know, it helps to stop and yeah, communicate, ask for help, talk. Totally. All right. Well, is there anything else you guys want to throw in there last minute? No, I think we covered an amazing array of stuff with this. All right. Cool. No, yeah, but I'm encouraged. I'm going to be more motivated to talk to my family and my loved ones um, just about some of those invisible symptoms. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yes. All right. Well, have a great rest of your day. All right. And thanks for joining us. You too. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.